perpetual curate of Haworth, and from that point onwards, the Bronte family's home became a rather bleak parsonage on the edge of the Yorkshire Moors. The parsonage and its surroundings became central to Emily's creative life and had a profound influence on her writing. Mrs. Bronte died in the following year, and her sister, Elizabeth Branwell, left a comfortable home in Penzance to take charge of the Bronte household. In 1825, Mr. Bronte brought in a local woman, Tabby Ackroyd, to assist with the domestic work at the parsonage. The parsonage kitchen became Tabby's domain, and during the day she would chide the children for pitter-pottering when there was work to be done. In the evening they would gather in the firelit kitchen to hear Tabby's tales of dark deeds, fairies and hauntings. Through her network of family and friends in the village, Tabby knew the histories of most of the local families and would recount her stories to the children without any sense that some of her material might not be suitable for young ears. It was possibly through Tabby that Emily learnt of past tragedies concerning the Heaton family, one of which involved an attempted usurpation of the family fortunes by a Heathcliff-like figure named Henry Casson. For generations, the Heatons had lived at Pondon Hall, a 17th-century house lying in a valley about two miles from Haworth, which is often suggested as the original for Thrushcross Grange, the home of the Lintons in Wuthering Heights, although in appearance it much more closely resembles the Heights. A date plaque above the door of the hall states that the house was rebuilt by Robert Heaton in 1801, the year, incidentally, that Wuthering Heights opens. Pondon also comes complete with its own ghost, one which puts in an appearance when a member of the Heaton family is about to die. It was also from Tabby that the children learnt the Yorkshire dialect, and she is likely to have provided a model for Ellen Dean in Wuthering Heights. Tabby's tales were supplemented by those related by Mr Bronte over the breakfast table. He would tell his children thrilling stories of his youth in Ireland and of the Luddite violence he had experienced first-hand during his time as curate at Hartshead, when desperate men would gather at night to attack local mills and destroy the newly installed machinery which threatened their livelihoods. After breakfast, the children studied the Bible with their father, as well as geography and history. Mr. Bronte instilled a love of learning in all his children, and they read anything they could lay their hands on, taking particular delight in Blackwood's magazine the novels of Sir Walter Scott and the poetry of Lord Byron. The Brontes had little contact with children of their own age and outside lesson time developed their own rich imaginary world, sparked by their father's gift to Branwell of a set of toy soldiers. Each of the children adopted a soldier, creating a sequence of plays around them which grew in complexity over the years. Everything the children read or heard fed into these imaginary worlds, and from acting out the stories, the children were soon chronicling the histories of the imaginary kingdoms in miniature books. Eventually, Emily and Anne broke away from the dominance of their elder siblings to create their own land of Gondal. The prose manuscripts relating to the Gondal saga have not survived, and the few clues to Gondal are to be found in the poetry produced by both sisters and in brief references contained in the sisters' diary papers. 
In a diary paper written on the 24th of November, 1834, Emily produced a snapshot of Parsonage life, which makes clear how happily the domestic life of Howarth Parsonage coexisted alongside the epic goings-on of the imaginary world. The gondols are discovering the interior of Galdine. Sally Mosley is washing in the back kitchen. Apart from brief excursions to school, including time spent studying in Brussels and one attempt at earning her living as a teacher, Emily remained at home for the greater part of her life. As the stay-at-home sister, she took on many of the household chores. Baking the bread and working in the kitchen allowed her the mental freedom to focus on her writing. She was less open to outside influences than her sisters, and unlike them, never saw any necessity to abandon the imaginary world developed in childhood, so that the themes of her adult writing carry on seamlessly from those of her youth.